0: Meet me at The Chazin. I'm your host, Jennifer Fields. This semester's exhibit, Insistent Presence, Contemporary African Art from The Chazin Collection, is a product of guest curator Margaret Nagawa. According to Chief Curator Catherine Alkoskis, working with guest curators is common. What's uncommon is a pandemic, preventing her from seeing the newly acquired work up close and personal earlier in the process.
1: Amy and I were very interested in having a number of voices um, involved in this project and due to COVID we weren't able to um, execute the way we had originally planned so instead We thought it was very important that when the project, the initiative resulted in an exhibition, that we have someone else bring another perspective um, onto the collection that was already acquired. And in addition, we gave that person the ability to actually purchase with purchase funds, um, endowed funds um, from the museum additional works to really fill out their concept. So that again the collection was not. Um, just the vision of one or two people connected with the university, but something a little more diverse.
0: So then when you bring in a guest curator, how does that change the planning of it? Because I know that there's like, there are strict rules with storage, there are strict rules with moving things, who can handle
1: things. Yeah, so um, when we have a guest curator, it's not it's not unusual for a museum to, to bring in a guest. Um, we do it in fact, quite a bit here at the Chazen, because we work with faculty um, who come in and our guest curators. So for example, um, a year or two ago, we did a show with Emily Arthur, who is a studio art professor, and Robin Ryder, who's a curator in special collections. So when we have guests come in, uh, there are some rules about handling the artwork, but in this these cases, This was an unusual project because the checklist for the exhibition was mostly complete. But one of the first steps we did with Margaret after she was identified as the person and she accepted her offer, um, she came to view all the works in person. And so our preparator staff and Kate helped facilitate that viewing so that she could get a very close view at everything that would be in the exhibition, although she herself was not doing the handling.
0: I'm going to ask you to do something, and I've tried this before, and I don't know if it's going to work this time, but I'm going to try it. Is there a piece in here that during the acquisition, you were just like, I love it, but I'm also simultaneously terrified by it? I think I know, but I'm going to ask that question anyway. I don't want to say terrified, (laughs) but concerned. Was there a piece not because just maybe because of the handling, maybe Mm -hmm. because of the material of the piece, was this something that you just fell in love with, but you were like, okay, we have to be extra specially careful with this one.
1: Well, in general, it's interesting because of COVID, um, I was not able to travel to the galleries and see the artwork in person the way we would typically do. So there was a number of pieces that, you know, I was like, "I, I know this is gonna be wonderful. I feel really confident but until you actually see it in person, when it arrives at the museum, you don't quite know. Um, So it was actually such a joy when the proposed acquisitions were arriving to unpack them and see them in their full brilliance and be like, yes, (laughs) you know? Um, Of course, if if it didn't pan out, we wouldn't have Continue to acquire it. We would have sent it back, but um, that that was a big surprise. In many cases, um, artworks when you see them in images, they're so different than seeing it in person. So it's it was always a bit surprising every time in a different way, whether it was because of the coloration, the scale, uh, the presence of the piece, etc. But there was one piece that didn't make us a little nervous, which was the Emmy Molly installation, um, and we can head over there now. And this is a wonderful, really interesting piece, but we don't uh, collect a lot of um, installation pieces like this. Uh, There's a lot of small parts to it, and it's made of glass. So it's very fragile. There's a lot of pieces. Acquiring a piece like this does have implications on our resources, both staff and um, space and uh, ability to conserve and preserve the artwork. Uh, so those are all things we have to take into consideration when we acquire works, but we also try and, uh, to make sure that those aren't deterrents to co- collecting the best pieces and showing the best pieces. So we just have to weigh the risk and take, you know, a really thoughtful approach. And I'm so glad that this piece is now with us here at the Chazen.
0: I can remember when well, I was in here when they were doing the installation, and I think I said to you, I love that sound, and your response was, it just makes me nervous.
1: Yes, um, hearing the glass clinking does make me nervous. Part of our mission is to preserve the artwork, so uh, we don't want it to be damaged in any way. And so hearing glass hit against glass is is not the most melodic sound to my ears.
0: I wonder if it's changed it for you. Like now when you hear wind chimes, is there a moment of like... (gasps) No. Okay, it's not that.
1: No, no, different context.
0: Good, 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 good. Because I don't want you to be terrorized by sound, Catherine.
1: <laughs> and the sound is, it, it's very lovely. This is one of the surprising pieces is, you know, we'd seen a number of images. Um, I understood the concept. But when it arrived, one thing I had never imagined was that there's actually quite a bit of movement of the glass plates. They spin in air with the kind of just ambient air flow that's happening in the gallery. And that's what's causing also the the clinking of them against each other. Um, So those, that kind of visual movement and the oral um, aspect were ones I never anticipated being part of this piece. And that was a surprise for me.
0: Do works with sound propose a different set of concerns, especially with sound bleeding from one area to another?
1: Definitely, um, you know, we very much want to highlight each piece within the exhibition and give it its space and its due. So that's one of the things we have to think about is how, how is the sound bleed going to affect the visitor's experience of other artworks? But also uh, we wanna think about the visitors and make sure that there's not, the sound is not too loud or discomforting or you know, we want them to have a good experience here. And similarly, we also want our staff who have to work in the space to not be overcome by the sound in the space that they're having to work in for multiple hours a day.
0: What's been your relationship with this exhibition since inception into now actually standing in the gallery and being in the presence of it and eventually having to say goodbye to this particular configuration? Because we're keeping everything. They're just going to be maybe in different places or maybe put in storage.
1: So the artwork was acquired in a few waves and so we were considering things and then bringing them into the museum at different points of time. So when I first walked into the gallery and saw everything installed, I was just blown away because it was the first time that I saw it all together. And, and as we were acquiring, you know, there was the idea of an exhibition in mind, but we were also really thinking about how, how is this going to integrate with our larger collection what areas do we have strength in in the collection and how will this fit um, so that there's an African presence in those areas across the museum so to see it all together and how it really melds and how Margaret has has kind of arranged pieces was just um, amazing and very you know as you finally get to the end of a project and it was a real relief um, that it's like yes it 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 did exactly what we hoped it would do. And then you know, her organization scheme really made me look at some of the works in, in a different light. Uh, so that, that's been really interesting as well.
0: Has her style of hanging influenced you? Are you taking, is it something, is it a shared experience? Do you feel like you truly shared in one part of this experience? Or do you feel like once the works were acquired, you were like, okay, here you go?
1: Um, I definitely feel like I learned a lot um, from her vision. I mean, every curator has their own um, sense of style. And one thing that Margaret did was uh, she included a number of walls that have um, kind of these large empty spaces. And they tend to be behind hanging pieces or pieces that are in the middle of the room. So it kind of creates this empty backdrop for them. I have never done that in my curatorial work, and I've always wanted to, I guess, fill the space. So to see the way she really effectively utilized that, and it does not look empty in any way, but really gives space for those pieces, uh, I was really impressed and will be a tactic I pick up for the future. (laughs) Thank you, Margaret. So
0: you've given a couple of tours, correct? Yes. So what's been the response? What have you heard as a curator from audiences or from visitors who are coming to the museum to see this, this exhibit.
1: Um, Mainly, I've just heard people say, wow, it's so colorful, Uh, the work is amazing, so beautiful. Uh, Beautiful is a word I I hear a lot. And that's great, because I know that one of the things that Margaret's interested in is making a really beautiful, joyful experience, you know, acknowledging the colonial history of the continent of Africa, but showing the breadth of creativity and life um, that still exists there.
0: I think that's one of the things because I've been coming to this museum for a decade, let's just say that, <laughs> and it seems that in that time frame, how the museum deals with works from Africa, you know, whether they be traditional, classical, there's still some debate about which term to use, or whether they be contemporary, and do you see this as, is it fair to say a watershed moment? Do you see this as a moment where we will see more works from Africa throughout the gallery rather than, or other than being in one particular place.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, there is a tradition of acquiring, like you you mentioned, um, both so-called traditional and so-called contemporary um, African work um, here at the museum. And some of the pieces are, have been in the contemporary galleries and some have been in the African gallery, which was um, curated by a group that included Henry Drewell, who was a professor emeritus here of um, African art. And um, he recently retired, so I think that's also a watershed moment in that there'll be a new person coming in in that role who will have a different influence on the collection as well. Um, But we are planning for this reinstallation of the permanent collection, and our hope is in fact to integrate um, examples of artwork uh, globally uh, throughout the galleries in ways that really highlight cross-cultural exchange um, and the histories of of these very complex relationships between countries.
0: Does that then, Catherine, does that then invite you to think about how the works are presented and how the tags that go along with the works are worded?
1: Yeah, yes. We're thinking a lot about how we present the information around these artworks to the viewer as part of that process.
0: I'm thinking there has to be, you don't want to pander to it, but you want people to know where things are from and why they're here.
1: Yeah. And it's always a question of, you know, how much information and which information is most appropriate. And, um, you know, when it comes to uh, certain African artworks, there's a big debate in the field right now about whether highlighting certain histories actually reinvoke the trauma or um, so, so whether it's actually appropriate to include that information or whether the museum space is not an appropriate space to do that. So our team is grappling with a lot of those questions and how the most thoughtful and best way to approach it would be.
0: So as we wrap this up, is there one particular piece that you come and spend time with in this show? What is it about that piece that draws you in? Because you're surrounded by amazing stuff all the time. You can go see stuff everywhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's very hard because this um, this has been a really large and important project that I've worked on here. And so I feel so connected to many of these pieces that I don't know if there's one in particular that um, I spend more time than others, but they all, um, every time I see them, I I have a different thought or it brings me to a different place, um, which is why I love art and um, why I love working here surrounded by it.
0: You've been listening to Meet Me at the It. Our guest, Catherine Alkoskis, is a chief curator at UW-Madison's Chazen Museum of Art. Meet me at the Chazen as a production of the Chazen Museum of Art on the campus of UW-Madison in Madison, Wisconsin. For more information about the museum, its collections, and exhibitions, visit chazen.wisc.edu. I'm your host, Jennifer Fields. Thank you for listening.